0: Rose, what
1: are you doing? Come on. I'm just going to do a Christmas poo, and then I'll be right with you.
0: Good deal. Whoa. <laughs> Smacked right into the recorder there. In her eagerness to get out into nature. This beautiful Christmas Day. Well, it's Christmas Day for you, listeners. It's uh, actually Christmas Eve for me. Rather dreary day out here in Norfolk, but uh, I don't care because I'm infused with the joy of this time of year. We're going to get into the podcast in just a second, but right now, here's a special version of the podcast theme. Now, this was sent to me via SoundCloud, by Johnny Coxon. He recorded his five-year-old daughter, Edith, singing an a cappella version of the uh, podcast theme. And I found that my heart was warmed by it when I listened back to it, as did my wife. I especially liked the way that Edith delivered the line, found some human folk. Anyway, I thought it'd be nice to start with that, seeing as it's Christmas. Take it away, Edith.
2: This is Edith Coxon, and I'm five years old i added one more podcast through the giant podcast bin. Now you've clicked that podcast out and started listening. I took my microphone and found some human folk. And I recorded all the noises while they spoke. My name is Adam Bucks and I'm a man. I hope you enjoy this as a plan.
0: Hey, there you go. Thanks very much, Edith, and Edith's dad, Johnny, for sending that over. Merry Christmas to you both. And Merry Christmas to you, podcats, or happy seasonal area, if Christmas isn't your thing, for whatever reason. I hope you're having a good day, though, wherever you are and whoever you're with. Some of you will be listening to this on the 25th of December, 2017. Some of you will be listening at some point thereafter. If that's the case, I do hope the future's behaving itself. It's been fairly naughty, the future, recently, hasn't it? But part of it's been banished to the past, so let's see if the future can pull its socks up from now on. As you may have gathered, this podcast, episode 62, features a festive ramble between myself and Joe Cornish, who, as well as being my friend for around 35 years now and my professional comedy wife, for over 20 years, off and on. Uh, He is, of course, a writer and a director of feature films. Well, one so far. Uh, His 2011 debut, Attack the Block, featured world-conquering talents like Jodie Whittaker, who we will be seeing stepping into Doctor Who's TARDIS boots in 2018. Very exciting. And, of course, Attack the Block introduced many people to John Boyega, now star of stage and screen and, of course, galaxies far, far away. Okay. As I speak, Joe is in production with his second feature as a writer and director, but I managed to winkle a tiny bit of information out of him uh, as far as his new film is concerned. Not much, though. Regular listeners may recall how cagey Joe was... uh, a couple of years back with his anecdote featuring Tom Cruise and a doodle. Well, strap yourselves in, because the doodle story makes a slight return this year. Exciting. We also exchanged some wonderful gifts, and I say wonderful in very large inverted commas, swapped one or two mainly movie-based cultural highlights from the year, and read out a few messages that you kindly sent in via my blog. Incidentally, thank you very much indeed to everybody who sent stuff in. Sorry if your message doesn't get read out in this podcast, but please rest assured I read every single one and was entertained and appalled and moved by many of them. So thanks a lot. But back to Joe. These days I get to see Joe much too rarely. He's very busy. I'm hundreds of miles away in a field with Rosie. So it's difficult and when we do hang out, it's usually, you know, with friends or at some sort of film-related event. And I hardly ever get to go around to his house in South London. So it was a real treat to hang out with him there for this podcast in his natural environment for a change. Oh, mate, it's a bit wind Winders out here. We sat in Joe's kitchen on quite a dreary Sunday a week ago. But we got the fire roaring softly and the Christmas jukebox pumping, very quietly, and we enjoyed some seasonal waffles, which, incidentally, I have awarded a family rating of 12A for brief but not severe bad language, moderate queen and discreet doodle story. But no fact-checking Santa, now that I come to think of it. He's off checking facts in the Bahamas or whatever. I will be back with some final seasonal waffle at the end of the podcast, but for now, here we go!
1: Rambo Chat, a Christmas round.
0: I was sat in this kitchen was uh, a dinner party. Yes. And one of the guests was Anna Kendrick, who was then, I think,
3: going out with Edgar Wright. Right. So Edgar was there.
0: And Paul King,
3: the director of the Paddington movie. That sounds like one of my dinner parties, one of my soirees. That's right. All sorts of influential, glamorous people. And Paul King was in production, early Mm. stages
0: of production with the first Paddington movie. Paddington, yeah. And... I did a Almost little bit of... as one, the, the, the dinner party, so I interrupted you there. No,
3: no, I interrupted you. I did a tiny bit of writing with Paul on the very first Paddington. Oh, yeah. We sat down, yeah, and talked about it when he very first started it.
0: Maybe that's why he was there that night, then. Probably. But I do remember, maybe you remember this differently, at some point someone said, like, so how are you going to do Paddington? I mean, you're not going to do, like, a CG bear. That would be no. terrible. <laughs> Who said that? Everyone. And so everyone was like, yeah, no, no CG Paddington, that would be awful,
1: Urgh, rubbish.
0: And it was almost like a sketch because after the barrage of contempt for the idea of a CG Paddington calmed down, Paul mm. then sort of said,
3: oh, yeah, we are, we are going to do CG, yeah, mm. yeah. Which is slightly what happened with the first film, isn't it? There was a lot of scepticism about right. it. yeah. And there was a, quite a lot of scepticism after the first trailer. Not from kids, but from cynical, hardened movie types. yeah. But then the tables turned in a massive styly. Hearts began to melt. Hearts melted, and they re- and everyone realised he was right all along. And he, he right. did an incredible job.
0: He, because I was so convinced in my stupid little mind.
3: Yeah. No, CG, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be grotesque. But that's a good sign, don't you think? Yeah. If people are anticipating something that's coming out, and they've got the wrong idea about it, or right. they assume the worst, yeah. then you can just be quietly confident. I did, he didn't look quietly confident. He? No. He looked like, oh dear, is this oh. a bad idea? <laughs> well, th- and, and well, that's probably quite a good way to approach it as well, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had the last laugh, didn't he? So he's laughing all the way to the marmalade sandwich shop. To Timbuktu. To Timbuktu. No, is it Timbuktu? Wasn't no. he from Timbuktu? Dark as Peru, mate. Dark as Peru. Yeah, not Timbuktu. Not Timbuktu. That no. is well offensive. That's, I apologise. That says uh, Jeffrey the Giraffe. Who's Jeff the Giraffe? <laughs> I don't know. It's just a different children's book. Hey, man, you're actually
0: working on a film right now. Sure. Because Joe Cornish likes to play his cards very close to his chest. Very it? close
3: to my chest. I wear a little bra made out of playing cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's how close I it's play like my a, cards to my it's chest. It's like a flat jacket. A little, little knickers and a bra with uh, made out of jokers. Instead of the Hurt Locker. Is it the Hurt Locker? Sure. With all their
0: special bomb gear. Yeah. Jay just has a vest made out of it's all true. the cards of exciting things <laughs> that he doesn't want to tell anyone about. It's true, it's true, he it's true. He's got them all taped to his
3: chest. Anyway, can you tell us what you're up to, what it, you're working on?
0: It's a film called The
3: Kid Who Would Be King, and it's like a family adventure film. Is there anything else you can tell us about it, or is that it? Um, I can tell you the cast. Uh-huh. It stars young Louis Ashbourne Circus, who Did is... Did you just make uh, that name up? No. Ashbourne Circus? Yeah, Circus. Oh, Circus. Yeah. Not like a circus. Angus Simri, Tom Taylor. Right. You were in it, Adam Buxton. You came and did a little cameo role in it. Yeah. It was a really fun day. It was a, f- it was a sunny day, wasn't it?
0: Beautiful day. You couldn't have asked for a more yeah. um, cinematic day. Beautiful clouds. I think I even said to someone, maybe the DOP, mm-hmm. you won't have to CG the clouds in now because no. you've got
3: them all. You're not going to have to do anything to the background. That's what the DOP is called CG to clouds. He's <laughs> 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 a big American DOP. Yo, CG. <laughs> CG the clouds Yeah, the, the DOP is Bill Pope Who was the DOP on The Matrix Yeah, and uh, Evil Dead um, You know, the one with the skeletons Army of Darkness, Army of Darkness, yeah. Darkness right Yeah, and Baby Driver
0: Good one you, Do you do all that bullet time? Bullet time Did he invent
3: bullet time? Did he invent bullet time? I don't know, you should ask him that Yeah I'm not, I'm, I don't know, I don't know I know that he's currently regrading The Matrix movie The first one because it's going into the Library of Congress.
0: And they thought it was too green. Well, the mm. first movie I ever watched on the first mm. projector I ever bought... DVD. ...was The Matrix, and it was incredibly exciting to have a finally have a, a, a projector at home. And I remember I, I had just started my relationship with my wife, mm-hmm. although she was not at that point my wife. I said, we're going to watch a movie at your flat, and it's The Matrix. It's only Whoa. just come out. She must have been thrilled. She was thrilled. So I put on the matrix, and I spent the next hour fooling around with the settings on the projector because going to say something else because it looked all green.
3: Really? Yeah. I was yeah like, why does it look so green? green? That's not green. right. I was about to take the projector back. Mm-hmm. Well, you should tell it to CJ C, C, to clouds. CJ to clouds. <laughs> Um, but you had a fun time, right? I had a
0: great time. And it was very exciting to watch you uh, Direct. working.
3: Yeah, it must have been sort of I've never seen you powerful. in full director powerful. mode. Mm. A ra- little bit of rousing?
0: Yeah. A tiny bit of rousing. I would say also, well, you tell me. You can be sincere for a second mm. here. Yeah. What was it like directing me? Because I didn't mm. nail it in one take. You also, I,
3: I had ideas. You did have ideas? I, I encourage you to have ideas. Sure. I encourage you to, <laughs> to improvise. Am I allowed to say who I was playing? I think we should keep that card next to our all nipples. Right, all right. Anyway, I had ideas about my character. As Batman. You're playing Batman.
0: I'm playing Batman. as Batman. I told you about my ideas for the character, and you shut them down immediately. Did I? Yeah. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but we'll do it like this. No, you wanted it more naturalistic. Yes. I was, I was suggesting uh, sort of funny
3: voices and over-the-top yes. acting. Yes. But you said, mm. No. No. Mm. It's not, that's not well, what it's, I want. Well, what I did really worked because it's good. Am I still in it? Sure, you're still in it, yeah. <laughs> you are still in it. What Maybe about my improvised line? That is not in it. Oh, you're joking. At the moment, but it's early days. Because that got a big laugh <laughs> from the extras, from everyone. It, it's not in it right now, but it, but it might end up in it. Come on. You never know. Test audiences might demand more. Yeah. I should say who else is in my film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sir Patrick Stewart. Is he? Yeah. How's Pat Stew? He's lovely. He's a close personal friend. Shut up, is yeah, he really? Just been working with him. And Rebecca Ferguson. And Denise Goff. Goffy. She's brilliant. She was in a play called People, Places, Things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's did, fantastic. did you tell her we'd done a sketch called People Place? I didn't. That didn't occur to me. <laughs> I didn't. I'm sure she would have gone. Oh, that would have been a good conversation. <laughs> like oh, oh, really? And then I would have got my it's phone. Two of the same spent words, ages, like yeah. downloading it.
0: Oh, <laughs> and have you cast anyone in it who is going to be disgraced in the next few months? You,
3: <laughs> you're in it. That's, That's true. who my
0: money's on. Hey, well, listen. Do you remember ages ago, I told a story on the radio about how I'd been at a festival in London. I think maybe it was called the Download Festival, and it happened at Hyde Park. Right. And Alexa Chung came up to me and said how much she liked the radio show Mm. that we were doing at the time. Yeah. We ended up sort of palling around for a little bit. She'd been doing some presenting, and and we went and got a drink and had a little chat. I mean, it must have been 10 years ago at least. A long time ago. And then later on, I was sort of... She, she was off doing something else. And uh, I was kind of wandering around, vaguely bumping into people. I'd had a few uh, fizzy drinks by then. And I saw her over with Kate Moss and David Walliams. Mm-hmm. I know Walliams a little bit. I don't know Kate Moss. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she was talking to them. And so I did the thing that we used to do at school sometimes Uh-oh. of walking up behind someone and just putting your hand on their ass, Not as mm. a sort of sexy thing, but just like, this is a weird thing to do. Yes. So I did that. And yes. she
3: spun round and,
0: and glared at me.
3: Yes. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. It's, we were at an all boys school. Yeah. It's probably different.
0: Well, it is. Yes. Because you see, and, and, and to, I mean, not that different. To support my case, I mean, mm. look, Clearly, that is not cool behavior, as I realized mm. in that moment. And I wasn't in any way doing it as, as any kind of sexy thing, mm. obviously. Mm. I mean, maybe not obviously, but I wasn't. Because I did the same thing to Johnny Greenwood um, not long afterwards mm, when mm, I saw him after he a radio hit. Did he, like he didn't like it he either. I didn't like it either. No. And then I stopped doing it. You stopped doing it. That's a good it's a cautionary tale. Because I learned my lesson. Yeah. But I was thinking, would Alexa Chung be within yes, her yes, rights yes, to yes, yes, suddenly yes, it's come over, out oh,
3: it's over. and it's over. say. It's over. it's
2: over. No! No, 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 no!
3: Okay, here's a gift. So, listeners, oh, this is heavy. That's heavy in lots of ways. It's it's wrapped in happy happy birthday, Jesus paper. It's pink paper with little cupcakes on it. And it says Jacorn, which is of course my street name. <laughs> so, what have you got? Well, this is an extraordinary present. And there's three elements to it. Yeah. The first element, I mean, this is a really powerful present listeners the first element is like an adam buxton <laughs> podcast t-shirt <laughs> wow it's one of the well, ones part of your merch drive
0: yeah it's one of the ones that's designed by helen green who does the artwork
3: for the podcast wow. She's a genius and um
0: could you wear it like under a jacket or something and just have the jacket hanging open so my yeah, face yeah, yeah, is I could, peeking yeah. it's through it's
3: just my nipples have got bigger as i've got older has that happened to you well everything's got bigger <laughs> So they just protrude more than they used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got full breasts. I think one of them would be on the speech bubble that says, Let's have a," And the other one would be on <laughs> Ramble Chat. <laughs> Those two speech bubbles would be sort of 3D because of the giant... Because of the nipple nips. protrusion. They're actually anyway... T- they're actually tiny and perfect. The
0: T-shirt was keeping safe mm. a glass <gasps> no. object.
3: This is incredible. Are you really giving this to yeah, me? Yeah, man. This is amazing. This is a This is a commemorative beer glass for... The marriage of the Prince of Wales and Lady Diana Spencer on the 29th of July, 1981. What a year. What a year. What a year. And it says that, what I just said on it. And on the other side, it's got a picture of Charles and Di. From a happier time, a more innocent time. That is incredibly... Are you sure? Yeah. This must be worth... Have you got lots of these? No.
0: Are you excited about the wedding,
3: though? Very, 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 very excited. Harry and... And Meghan. And Meghan. Yeah. Oh... It's super exciting, isn't it? Oh! <laughs> what must what must the Queen be thinking oh, about it? So exciting! Yes. I
2: oh, saw so, because it's a lovely couple, a lovely... Harry getting married to lovely Megan.
3: Just Megan. Megan. What does the Queen think about? Because it's a very modern. Marriage. She's in suits, isn't it? What suits. suits? Suits. She's in suits. Oh, the TV program. I love,
2: suits. I love My favourite program, isn't it?
3: She loves suits.
2: I love the show suits and when they get married because she's she like a lot of famous people (laughs) Hollywood people Mm. so I'm looking forward to a Laura Laura Lully famous people coming round the house
3: you don't think the Queen thinks it's a little bit down market no no.
2: that's no, not that, Mark. It's nice, because <laughs> she's bringing, like, it's like a pince and a showgirl, isn't it?
3: It's very modern.
2: Modern. I'm going to hang out with her mum a Lully, and we'll sit there, watch The Crown, yes. all the episodes of The Crown. Yes. I can say, look at that. I said, this is something I said once. Yes. No, Sue's crisis. Yes. And, and, uh, and, oh, Philip said that. And then, Laura, Laura, Lully, Lully, fun times, we going to bring some new blood in it.
3: Some new blood, New yes. blood into
2: the house. Yes, an American. And she's gonna bring all that American stuff in the house, <laughs> like you know, hamburger.
3: <laughs> yeah, can of coke.
2: A lolly, lolly, Laura, Laura, lolly can of coke <laughs> in the house.
3: In the palace.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be nice. So I'm so happy. <laughs> Queenie's for it.
3: changed a bit. No. she's more articulate. <laughs> 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 it's easier to understand what she's I'm saying. Gonna I'm gonna
2: meet saying. some lovely, famous people from because of Megan, because famous. And so I might meet Philip Garfield. She doesn't think it's a bit trashy. Don't be a about Bad. It. It's a lovely, well, lovely couple for the whole country, bring them together Do you nice, think? hands across the ocean. It's very modern, and maybe isn't it? I might meet Nick Grimshaw.
3: But some people thought that maybe, um, you know, the royal family weren't very keen on, on uh, Diana and Dodie's romance. Mm-hmm because they didn't like the idea of um, of you know Diana marrying Dodi <laughs> but you think the queen is the queen has finally is finally cool with them. Um...
2: I thought cool yeah, yeah, totally cool
3: about it. Totally cool about now, it. That's
2: a Laura Lully couple because they're so nice together, aren't like they? And that's a blinded dad. Uh, <laughs> and that's nice because mm. she's a modern lady. Mm-hmm.
3: And that's what we need. To keep the royal family re- relevant. She's not going to bring a bear.
2: I a don't what? want a bear in the
3: house, and that's, that's, not, that's not nice for that little couple, it's dangerous. The queen might get more by, by a bear. I don't want to get more by a bear, bear skin. All she was doing was keeping the royal family revenant. All right, thanks very much, that's the queen. Can I give you a present? Yes, please. Here it is. Thanks, man. It's quite a big one, isn't it? It's quite uh, exciting. All your presents
0: are quite big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is kind of groovy uh, striped crepe paper. <laughs> this is uh, Joe's giving me a game. It's called mm, Silly mm. Sausage, and it's a big red plastic sausage. And it says ten grilling games. It's got yeah, ten games. Twist me, stretch me, poke me, shake me, dip me. Press it. Sounds like Friday night at the uh, Buxton
3: House. Press it. Silly
2: sausage, come on, play with me.
3: Go cool. on, play with it. Ah, poke me. Hang on, I've got to get him out of the box. Get him out. Come
0: on. All right. Play with Calm down, Silly Sausage.
3: The aim ah, of the game. Can you keep up with Silly Sausage ah, by responding to his five commands of shake me, stretch me, twist me, poke me and dip me. Right. So twist me, twist Ah, my head to the right, pull me, pull my top and bottom half apart, poke me, push my belly button, shake me, shake me up and down, dip me, push my bottom down.
2: Come on, play with me.
3: All right. It's a big red sausage, right? You've got to describe to the listeners what it is. I did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? I said it was a big red plastic sausage. <laughs> a sausage
3: with a face. With a face. He's grinning at me. He's got goofy, googly eyes. Oh, you see, I think this is the sort of merch you should go into. <laughs> this, is a, this is a merch suggestion. With my suggestion. bearded face yeah, yeah. on yeah.
0: All right, here we go. So I'm going to push his... Silly sausage. Hello, silly Come on, sausage. play with me. I am. Stretch me. Stretch me.
3: I did. Dip me. What does he mean, dip me? (laughs) He means... Push my bottom down. Oh, right. Dip me. Stretch me.
2: Stretch me. Dip me. Poke me. Dip me. Stretch me. Poke me. Poke me. Dip me.
3: Stretch me. Stretch me. <laughs> the look of joy on your face. It truly is Christmas. I'm just doing whatever the sausage tells me. <laughs> You're so easily controlled Why? by a plastic when will sausage. St- when will it it's stop? Never. If <laughs> you just stop, it explodes. It's the news movie from the makers of Speed. Don't stop. It'll explode. It's a good present. Is it it's broken? a good present? Yeah, that's brilliant, man. It's a good present. It does more than, you know, more than uh, perhaps you might think. How about...
0: Ba- yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> you only scratched the surface. I was going to move on, but I yeah.
3: thought... I you really only scratched the surface.
0: cultural highlights cultural highlights from 2017 sure a thing that you enjoyed this year that you can recommend to the podcast
3: Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild on the Nintendo Switch flipping heck-toker. Oh, and the Zelda games are very famous right they've been going for years and years and they're sort of um, very absorbing uh, they're like studio Ghibli films right do you know like what they are? Like sure. like um, Totoro and uh, Laputa Castle in the Sky and all those. They're kind of like uh, video game versions of those. That's the nearest comparison I can think of. But they're big open worlds with lots of little creatures to fight and dungeons to explore. And they're just it's just beautifully done. Mm. And you know, the thing about a good video game is it's not fatiguing. Poor old <laughs> He's not allowed to play it. Yeah, I don't I know.
2: can't I play that game!
3: Poor old Ging. Sorry, Ging. This um, is not for But you. you know what I mean? Yes. It's not repetitious. You don't really get stuck. You don't die right. all the time. It's you not frustrating. You don't die
0: all the time and have to go back
3: over the yeah, same yeah, ground. Yeah, it's
0: properly absorbing. Because that's the thing about old school video games. Is that, that can break
3: the... you out of a story. Oh, mate. You know, it's really, um, it really holds your hand beautifully and, and leads you in. It holds your hand, then gently cups your testicles. Oh,
0: that's my favourite kind of and, game. And
3: um, pats you on the bottom from behind... That's not cool. When you don't
0: expect it. That is not cool.
3: No, it's really good. It's really good. I also like Super Mario Odyssey, which is the latest Super Mario game. He's got a little hat with eyes on. Why are there eyes on his hat? Like a sentient hat. Well, because... He never used to have eyes on his hat. No, but he does now. Why? Because then he can throw it onto things and they take over and then he takes them over.
0: Does legs come out of the hat?
3: Does legs come out of the hat? Do you know the ba-ba-bombs? The ba-bombs yeah, yeah, in Mario, yeah. right? The ba-bombs. You know all about ba-bombs. You love ba-bombs. Yeah. Do you remember the big black ba-bombs that come and get you in yes. Mario? He, if he throws his hat on one of those, he becomes the ba-bomb. What? And you can pilot the ba-bomb and bang, 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 smash through stuff. Do you have to say ba-bomb? I think that's what they're called. Aren't they called ba-bombs? <laughs> I like saying ba-bombs. I've got a computer too. I'm going to look it up. No, it's, it's a ba-bomb. Its name is Bob. Bob-om. Oh. Bob-om. Wow, I've been playing those games for like, like 35 years and yeah. I've never realised it was called Bob-om. Well. I thought it was Bob-om. bob I mean, Bob-om. you could say Bob-om. Bob-om, bob Not only could Bob-om. I say Bob-om. I have You have done Bob-om for 30 years. For 30 years. <laughs> anyway, that's a good game as well. Super Mario. Uh, Odyssey. What about one of your cultural highlights? Here's a movie one
0: that I saw Ian Lee of I'm a celebrity get me out of here fame mm. tweeting about and he was on his way back from the jungle mm. and he was saying I've made a lot of bad film choices on this flight mm. but the only one I'm happy with was Brigsby Bear No did you and enjoy Brigsby Bear I saw that on the plane coming yes. back from Los Angeles liked it a lot Did you Yeah I have not seen it I really liked it I didn't even I didn't know anything about it I'd read a synopsis that put me off it a little bit
3: I know a thing about it
0: What do you know?
3: I know that he's a bloke what lives in a very sheltered life and his only experience of the world is through a a cartoon show or a children's TV show called Brigsby Bear. Yeah. Then suddenly he's uh, freed from his sheltered life and he sees the world through the lens of Brigsby Bear or something like that.
0: Yes, no, he has been sheltered from the world for reasons that become clear very quickly Mm. in the film. And then he is determined to find more episodes of his favourite show Brigsby Bear uh, which is a weird kind of kiddie science show that he watches it's the man it's from like a Saturday Night, Night Live isn't the it bouche.
3: I'm boiling the kettle the listeners boiling the kettle. it's what the weird noise it is, it
0: is Kyle Mooney yes. from Saturday Night Live who also funny. wrote it it's got Mark Hamill in it <gasps> he played Star Wars he was Star Wars in Star Wars and a Greg Kinnear
3: yes who I always like have you seen Star Wars The new Star Wars. The new one, no. Yeah. No. Watch out for me.
0: Are you in it? Yeah. You stupid (laughs) kid. So fleetingly. Is your face in it or are you
3: in a mask? No, my face is in it. Twice. no, your
1: face is (laughs) in it.
3: So fleetingly though.
1: No, listeners. That's not what Buckles wanted to hear. They're very, very
3: popular, those films. Apparently. Did you know people are like obsessively, like obsessed with all the details of all the creatures in the world no. yeah 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 no some people are like come on some people are like heavy you're pulling my leg no seriously some people will buy like spin-off toys and like
0: books shut and... up
3: no it's true that's sad <laughs> 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 um, but you could be in a pod racing scene yes yes if they bring back pod racing mm. then I think, I think which they would... should at some point which I mean they that should. was
0: the only part of that hey, film hey, that people liked hey hey
3: <laughs> it's nonsense everyone's heavily into the prequels now Are they have come back around yeah have they yeah people love them gosh um, well that's but yeah you'd be isn't? good pod, pod, Adam Buxton pod racing. pod racing. Pod racing.
0: it would be me in one uh, Ricky Gervais yes in another one and we'd run him off the road uh, the, the guys from <laughs> Dad Wrote a Porno yes in another one yes um, the Guilty Feminist mm-hmm. she'd be in her Guilty Feminist pod
3: yes and then Jar Jar Binks like Johnny getting uh, getting electrocuted by your um, electrical fizzbits. Yeah. Brigsby be Bear, I recommend it. I'm going to watch it. Have you seen Colossal? No, I haven't seen that. That's the one where um, Anne Hathaway realises she can remotely control a giant monster. In yeah. I
0: mean, I can't conceive of a more high-concept film. Mm. And it's also it weaves it together with serious business about alcohol abuse really? and things like that. Is it yeah. good? Yeah, it's a
3: really odd film that... that shouldn't have been good but really Mm. was here's two of my favourite European movies that I'm going to give you as a Prezi whoa so this is called Aquarius
0: are they from this year
3: yeah Sonia Braga it's about a lady that lives in an apartment block on the beach her whole block is empty because the um, development company have bought everybody out Mm -hmm. because they're going to convert it but she doesn't want to move and uh, it's all about all the memories of her flat all the stuff she's done in there and how important the space is to her and then it's about her war with the building company that are trying to get her out. Oh. And it's excellent. Good one. I like, Loved it, yeah. And Maybe the other one's called that. Graduation, and it's a Romanian film. And it's about a man who's uh, trying to do the best for his daughter, get her into the best college oh. in a very corrupt society where only who you know counts. Mm. Oh, it's superb. It looks to me like it might be
0: a masterly complex <laughs> movie of psychological subtlety and ways. is, it is. It is. Don't
3: read too much about them. Just pop them in. And if you don't like them, just switch them off. But I have to say, they were two of the, um, you know, proper, like, gripping, gut-punchy, like, really good movies. Gut-punchy. Do you get on okay with subtitles? I do. Do you? Your wife doesn't?
0: Uh, I don't want to characterise her as being anti-subtitles. Really? But she does slightly have to break through that barrier. Does she? Yeah.
3: Because sometimes, if there's a lot of talking in a subtitled film... You don't have time to look at the people. Yeah. By the time you've yeah. read the words, your eye can't... Uh, oh, what were they doing while they said that? Oh, exactly. I couldn't. Went went past too fast.
0: And then if you're texting at the same time... If you're texting or <laughs> texting if you're sexting harder, at the same time. If you're sexting or if you're just Googling something else, mm, 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 then it makes it yeah. almost impossible. Or that's, making that's a cup of tea or chatting problem. to a friend over the garden fence. Exactly. That's,
4: <laughs> that's that my
3: be. only problem like with you're subtitles. looking at the screen. Is that it makes it yeah, so much harder it to does, do other things. It does, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Hi, Adam and Joe. I'll keep it brief. A couple of weeks ago I skipped a very safe red light off Hackney Road on my bicycle and was pulled over by two officers of the Metropolitan Police. Does it make it all right that it was a very safe red light? Not really. Not really. That's not up to you, is it? A red light's a red light. Red lights are red light, mate. But would you would you, do you skip red lights every now and then? Listen. Let's not get into I've it a lot in this. I've done lots of things that I regret that in you my regret life, <laughs> that I wouldn't do now. And that's wow. probably one of them. The world's turned into like a Judge Dredd comic strip overnight. It really is. Uh, I, a couple of weeks ago, I skipped a very safe red light off Hackney Road on my bicycle and was pulled over by two officers of the Metropolitan Police. Turns out I had to pay a 50 quid fine, to which I said I couldn't, to which they said I had to. Anyway. <laughs> That's the way the law works. Apparently. After about three seconds of us looking each other in the eyes silently, I did what, my, what any upstanding citizen would do and attempted to escape. Hmm. This is rapidly uh, <laughs> deteriorating into a, just a, a criminal situation. I put my foot through my right pedal, got about half a yard away and was seized by one of the officers. He said, look, mate, my sergeant's on the other side of the road. So you're going to come over here, give me a fake name and ride away. Nice guy, right? Wow. So the, the police person let him off. Yeah,
0: in a really nice way. He let him off after... He tried to bolt... He tried to bolt. I mean, surely that is a really bad offence. Isn't it trying to run away from the
3: cops? Trying to run away from a 50 quid fine. I mean, it's a lot of moral quandaries there. That sounds like one of the European films I love. Or a scene from a Michael Haneke film. So he thinks it's a very safe red light to skip. He's bending the law. Everyone's bending the law there.
0: That's Declan in Bristol.
3: The law is is bending. It's a
0: lawless place, Bristol. Is it? There's all sorts of
3: crazy stuff going on there. You've got to have a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah. With the law, with anything, don't you think a little bit of wiggle room, a little but, bit of reasonableness? Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of uh, just just allowing for human foibles. Yeah, well, it does. That once mean that it's... vanishes, then what? You're living in a fascist police. state. Yeah. A police fascist hunter. Exactly. I was going to say it a police hunter,
0: but we're talking about cops who are able to make decisions. But based then there's on... the letter
3: of the law. There's the letter. You've got to, also got to obey the letter of the law. Yeah. I mean, if you start misspelling the law or, or missing out some letters, yeah. Then the law becomes gobbledygook. This is like the moral maze. Oh, this is brilliant. Claire Fox, what do you think?
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that I mean the law's there for a reason. So if you're not going to follow the law, what's the point? Mm-hmm. He should be arrested mm-hmm. and chucked in jail. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if that's not what these Hoxton types want to hear, but that's the way it goes. But
3: then you're trying to find a you're trying to find a hard and fast answer to a question that is asking whether there should be flexibility, and the answer is of course yes, of course there should be.
0: Prezi, 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 Prezi. Elvis Prezi. Alright, here we go, here we go.
3: It's a good one. It's CD shaped. And it's wrapped in shiny silver paper. Recycled paper. Really? Yeah. From another Prezi that you gave to someone else once? Or some, yeah. that somebody gave to you?
0: Uh, I can't even remember. It was Really? That's no, yeah, so, it was a present, it was a present that someone gave to me. And I, That's saved, how ungratefully <laughs> I saved the paper like my dad used to. And now I am. Uh, really pleased
3: I have to say all my presents to you are wrapped in recycled paper oh. sure they are oh so I did a podcast a...
0: with Thomas Dolby this year
3: yes I he... have to say I've listened to the beginning of it okay I didn't have time to listen to all of it awesome. but I want to it's absolutely on my You're list a busy man I'm just being sincere I actually um, want to
0: he uh, I love doubles gave well me known. a well you got me into Thomas Dolby right uh, one of the many wonderful things that you've brought oh. into my life yep yep including Prefab sure. Sprout but he gave me a signed copy of his album, wow. uh, Map of the Floating City. This is great. Have you already got that one?
3: Uh, no, I don't. Oh, I it's don't, good. I don't have a signed I do have the album. I do yeah. not have a signed copy. Oh, well, there you go. Doubly, we love Thomas Doubly. He's brilliant. And he was a very nice guy as well. well. Nice chap.
0: Although he did seem to, when I asked him about Vinyl Justice, which we did with him, we, we went round to further. his house years and years ago. And we were dressed up as silly policemen and we went through his records and stuff and it ended up with you sat on his knee because he had a copy of Come To My Party by Keith yes. Harrison Orville. Uh,
2: if you come around at half, half past three, three we could have a lot of come fun party. then we can put some lights on the Christmas tree. Come, come to, to my party. party.
0: And so Classic track. <laughs> we played the record. And Thomas had to uh, lip sync to it while you
3: were sat on his was knee. I, was I operating him? Was he operating you? He me was operating like a, you. Yeah. Because that was like a reference to one of his videos, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hyperactive. Hyperactive, where right. he operates a ventriloquist dummy of himself. Of himself, yeah. I forgot there was that element yeah, yeah. to Yeah, there it. was a bit of logic yeah. to it.
0: Anyway, um, I asked him about it. I asked him if he remembered. And he was unable to disguise the fact that he clearly did not relish the memory. Didn't, he didn't enjoy it. No, I think
3: his he face d- clouded over. I think he felt humiliated by it. Mm. Many people <laughs> did. <laughs> that, in retrospect, that was the hallmark of that strand of the programme. <laughs> Just bafflement. <laughs>
0: Um, Brit Daniel from the band Spoon, mm. one of my favourite bands, he emailed me out of the blue the other day to say uh, he'd been watching Marky e. Smith on Vinyl Justice. Oh yes, and he particularly enjoyed the bit where Marky e. Smith was sat on top of you, mm, trying to kill me, hitting you. Well, he he'd put a
3: uh, plastic bag on your head, yeah, and was then thumping you, yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: while smoking that was a cigarette. Good.
3: He was a good candidate. He was funny. He took it in the right spirit. Yeah, who who very did... very pissed. Like other people didn't really like it. Well, no, we nobody really liked it. Did anyone like Mark Morris? No, even Mark Morris no, didn't really no like it. No one really liked it. Kerris from Catatonia liked it. I think she kind of liked it. Kind of liked it. I think people were suspicious
0: of us. They thought that we were we were being horrible to them, which we weren't
3: really. No. The other thing in this uh, bumper bumper gift pack, apart from Thomas Dolby's CD, a map of the floating city, is. It's it's the um, soundtrack CD for Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Did you see that? Did I see that you've given it to me as a gift, <laughs> or have I seen the film?
0: Have you seen the film with Emma sure Watson? Sure, I've seen the film. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. What did you make of that?
3: It's there. It was. <laughs> I liked it. Was it was like the same. It's like the same, but with live action. My wife was very keen to see it. Was she? She's <laughs> very straight down the line, your wife. She's pretty straight of down like, the line. Um, lady products. Yeah, she I must mean, must be easy to buy gifts for.
0: Yes and no, yes and no. She can be. there's elements of her. she's, that are... she's
3: sort of married to a big hairy beast man in some ways. <laughs> do you think is she waiting for you to transform that's maybe why she likes the film so much if only Adam would transform into like a (laughs) handsome hairless man like Daniel what's he called Dan Stevens Dan Stevens if only Adam would transform when will Adam transform into (laughs) Dan Stevens what is it that activates the transformation what is it true love
0: Uh, It is true love. How is that? When when he is able to love someone truly and they love him back. Yes. Then he transforms into Dan Stevens. When's that going to happen? I love her uh, entirely, so presumably she doesn't completely love me. Otherwise, I would have become Dan Stevens.
3: (laughs) So that's a bit worrying. Really? And then all your children are going to turn into household objects? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Natty will turn into a Nintendo Switch. Yes. Um,
0: Frank will turn into a record player. Hope will turn into um, Sims 4. Does he like Sims 4? He loves it, yeah. But listen, the reason I got you that Mm. soundtrack album... Why
3: did you got me that soundtrack album?
0: A, because I know you love the... You love a show tune.
3: Do I? Why, do I love a show, tube? Do you, you do a bit, don't you? I do mean, I? You used to go I'm around i um, You
0: used to go around singing, oh, Rumpelteezer, <laughs> cats and things. Mungo
3: Jerry and are what an extraordinary couple of cats. <laughs> I love a show. Well, I was very young, <laughs> <laughs> and I did see cats, and it was very impressive at the time. I mean, they came up from under the seats. Adam, you loved it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I that. had a te- I had an English teacher at school. I must have been at eleven, yeah. And he came in one morning. Uh, he wore a little toupee, and he came in one morning, and he just called off the curriculum for the day, and he said, "Class, we're not studying what we were plan what we what we were supposed to study today." and in a very dramatic gesture he just cleaned the blackboard Uh everything off it and he drew a big circle and he said today I'm going to talk to you about the most incredible theatrical production I've ever seen it's called Cats (laughs) and he proceeded to describe Cats and how they ran around and how they came out from under the seats he didn't take you to see it no then well we felt compelled to go and see it after my English teacher's incredible review, of this. I thought
0: that was going to be so. He just and reviewed then he played
3: it. the soundtrack in the class. Oh, okay, he played the soundtrack in the class.
0: But Beauty and the Beast, did but that I wouldn't st-
3: say I wouldn't say I'm like generally into show tunes. Yeah, because that is sort of suggesting a different sort of character.
0: Not really. It's just suggesting someone with a a wide appreciation of all forms of music and drama. All right then, which is how I think of you. All right then. Anyway, you know the song, right? Beauty and the Beast, the kind of main theme song. Yes. Here is a little bit of...
3: Beauty and the Beast. Here's a bit
0: of Emma Thompson playing Mrs Tosspot. Teapot.
3: Tale as old as time True as it can be Barely even
2: friends Then somebody bends
3: unexpectedly what does she mean by somebody bends unexpectedly they
0: do something out of character right in a charming way right and the theme comes back again in the in the closing credits there's quite an elaborate closing credits sequence Mm. for this new beauty and the beast that came out this year and they reprise the beauty and the beast song And they've got a variety of artists on there, including Ariana Grande Uh and John Legend. Uh. But listening to it, I'm not sure if all of it was really in the spirit of the original. Listen to this bit.
1: Just a little change. Smart to say the least.
2: Come on, it's a tale as old as time Like this mother rhyme You're barely even friends Than one mother friends And you're both a little scared You're neither one prepared And it's bitter sweet. It's strange to find you can change Just like the sun that rises in the east You got sent down But you're gonna be released And that's what it's like For the beauty and the mother beast
3: Wow a bit much isn't but it it's a bit much but it's very it's very. It's like they've modernized it they have modern but the swearing is surprising it's too much for children for a kids movie but then i mean i changing. know that's things that's are changing adam the world is changing very very fast very very fast and for people and of our age it can be dizzying it just makes me feel old i know that children are just used to not only are used to that sort of language but find it heartwarming <laughs> <laughs> on the window. Eggcorns? Are you still into eggcorns? Of course I'm still into eggcorns. Who isn't? Who isn't? Here's one from uh, Ross McMahon. Hasn't Ross McMahon written to us many times? Last year he did. Really? This is a follow-up. He's he's our listener. Mr A. Daminger. I have spent the last year being carried shoulder high from free meal to free meal, never having to dip into my own pocket for anything, because last Xmas I was lucky enough to have my story read out on your podcast. It was about an egg corn my little daughter Molly said about wanting red and salted crisps instead of ready salted crisps. I remember that one. Red and salted crisps. Red and salted. Can I just point out that she called them red and salted not because of the colour of the actual crisps, but because Walker's ready salted crisps come in a red packet. I've waited all year to get this off my chest. Thanks, Ross McMahon. P.S. Imagine my excitement last Christmas when I told my kids I had an extra surprise for them before letting them hear that bit of the podcast. Molly burst into tears because she thought her primary one class would all be laughing at her. And her big sister, Isla, stormed off in a huff because she didn't get mentioned. Ooh, dear. Imagine the pandemonium this year. Imagine the pandemonium this year. I know, like a, it's like a meta problem now. Yeah. The thing about them being insulted has been read out. The thing about them being upset has been read out. It's a
0: kind of um,
3: inception of psychological hang-ups. It's like a sort of very low-key, slightly tawdry inception. (laughs) Banal, it's (laughs) part of inception. But, you know, Molly should be proud and excited. Of course. Because, listen, Molly, we should... Um, We're not laughing at you. We should put your fears to rest because I don't think any of your primary one class listen to the Adam Buxton podcast. You never know. That's too high an educational level.
0: <laughs> Isn't it? I had to think about it for a while.
3: Um, and also, your big sister, Isla, has now been mentioned twice. Mm. So we've actually we've healed that problem. Mm-hmm. That's very Christmassy, isn't it? Yeah, it is Christmassy. That wasn't yeah, really that, that, yeah. Was a, that
0: was a catch-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's an egg corn for you. This is from Clara. Dearest Count Bucky Lee's and Cornballs, Old school. I like mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Listening to your festive podcast has become part of our Christmas tradition, often during our drive from our home in Norwich. Hey, local people. To see seal pups at Horsey. Not something I have done so far, but I've been told... In fact, the last time I saw Dermot O'Leary... He told me to go and see the seal pups. You should go and see the seal pups. I would like to. It's still on my list. So I couldn't resist the chance to contribute. Do you like the way I dropped Dermot O'Leary into the... Yeah,
3: man, you're, you're moving and shaking. Oh,
0: yeah. I saw, continues Clara, this tweet from at Bryce Elder and thought of you both. So she's reporting a egg corn that at Bryce Elder tweeted.
3: Right. Secondhand egg corn.
0: Secondhand egg corn from Bryce Elder. And he says... Heard a guy saying, A basic website costs 10k or upwards of 25k if you want all the Belgian
3: whistles. <laughs> Belgian whistles. That's it, that's a good one. What is a Belgian whistle? Blow it really hard to try and keep the Nazis away. Isn't that where yeah, they yeah. invaded? To start the Second World War? No, Poland. Oh, I thought Belgium was neutral and that was the one. That, oh God. <laughs> Despite being neutral at the start of World War II, Belgium and its colonial possessions found themselves at war after the country was invaded by German forces on the 10th of May 1940.
0: Does it say (laughs) anything about Belgian whistles?
3: (laughs) It said, the people who lived in Belgium invented a whistle to try and stop the country from being invaded. Uh Its (laughs) high-pitched noise was specifically tuned to keep Teutonic ears at Mm. bay.
0: So, it's didn't do real. that much good, though, did it?
3: Unfortunately, the whistles failed. <laughs> <It says laughs> and as awesome. such, they were all melted down. A single Belgian whistle <laughs> was recently <laughs> sold at auction for over £50,000. So rare have they become. Hence the phrase, <laughs> would you like the Belgian whistles? Silly sausage. Come on, play with me! direct <laughs> me! Hence the phrase, Belgian whistles... Being used to Pick denote me. a very high cost Help and me. rare commodity. Ah, poke <laughs> me. Oh god. I think you should beat me to death with the silly sausage. Ah, poke me. Dear Buckinghamshire and Cornwall. This is from Aid Beaumont, Aid Beaumont. A male man. My friend Watty, who was the roadie in our band was the king of egg corns. For example, at the end of a delicious meal in a nice hotel, Wattie once asked a bemused waitress to pass on his condiments to the chef. That's good. Excellent meal.
1: Thank you so much. I, Watty, would like you to pass these condiments to the chef.
3: But are they his condiments? as he bought them from home? And puts them in his pocket, so when he has an excellent meal, he presents them yes, to the chef. There's yes, yes, he always, token. exactly. And they're personal. They have his name monogrammed on the side. That, I think that might not be an echo I think that just might be something uh, we don't know about. That's just how what he the rolls. bon viveurs. Yeah. But generally, bon carry some embossed... Monogrammed... Monogrammed condiments. Condiments, so they can pass them to the chef. And they pass <laughs> them to the chef. And the chef uses them. <laughs> uh, a little bit of salt. But my favourite was when he referred to a saucy comment as a double Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> These phrases passed into legend amongst the band as well as our friends and family. We often use them to evoke fond memories of Watty and those great times we spent together on the road. Good eggcorns. They're very good at... Double Nintendo is very good.
0: Ooh, that's a bit of a double Nintendo. I'll but, tell you But who's... what's
3: he trying to get at there? An I... innuendo? Yeah. Where's the double coming from? Double entendre. A double entendre.
0: I'll tell you who's Nintendo. good at double Nintendos.
3: Seriously. Unacceptable,
0: incompetent, and amateurish, Buckles. Why are you still in your post? Poo pants. I say to you, poo pants, poop pants. I say again, poo pants.
2: Buckles tried to clarify that the language was a requirement. Though he didn't sound sure. Poo pants. It's got to be poo pants. Poo
3: pants. I don't know. Maybe not. So, do you want another present then? Sure. This is for your wife. Oh wow. Who likes the finer things? <laughs> <laughs> She likes the finer things in life. Joe's giving me a sincere face. This is for your wife. All right, so this is...
0: <laughs> he said it again. What does that mean?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's
0: Britney Spears' perfume range.
3: Yeah, it's not just perfume. Have, it's, it, have a
0: little look. It's a vaporisateur vaporizer to her. Parfum spray, nail polish and body lotion. That's
3: a lot of gift.
0: VIP, private show. She's showing her private. Britney Spears. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a Britney Spears gift set, a perfume uh, gift set. Look at Britney
0: Spears. Is this modern Britney now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this, this is, is this off- year. This is this year. This year. This
3: is the latest fragrance. This is what Britney Spears smells like. Whoa. When she, with her private show.
0: This is a VIP private show. Yeah,
3: that stands for very important person. Yeah. Yeah. And this is for for me and my wife. Well, it's for your wife, but I think it's good that you're opening it and smelling it because this is the sexy smell of uh, 2018. I want to
0: check. I mean, I am going to give it to my wife. (laughs) It's good because I hadn't got her anything yet. Yeah. Uh, Oops, I'm going to have a quick smell
3: smell. Yeah.
0: Okay, the parfum, it looks like a large
3: precious stone. Yes, like L- a diamond. Like a beautiful s- transparent mm, mm, diamond. Mm. What's it made of? Is it real glass? Or I is think it plastic I think it's crystal. They've hollowed out the
0: diamond somehow, mm. the crystal mm. and inside is precious,
3: some of her precious, fluid. Precious pink fluid. Pink fluid. Have a little sniffles. I'm going to have a sniff. <laughs> Describe the perfume. Uh, it goes through a lot of different phases. Let's have a squiff.
0: Oof. It's When it goes on, it's very sweet, like... Mm, um,
3: little, little, little
0: toilet duck. Well, nice. it's a little bit toilet duck, and it's a little bit maoam. <laughs> it
3: is a little bit Mawam. And now I'm getting notes of Haribo. Haribo. The Haribo eggs, a yes, little fried eggs. Yes, yes. But and it also but has got v- a little bit of um, VIP. Oui, il y a un
0: petit peu de VIP, but also <laughs> what there is is a bit of... A um,
3: little bit of vodka. Cheap vodka. Ever so slightly. Ever so slightly, some vodka.
0: There's also some glittery stuff in there. Because there's here.
3: three different products in there. Yeah. And one of them is a sort of golden... Oh. Well, is that nail that... varnish?
0: Yeah, this is sparkly gold nail polish uh, with a pink... Nail
3: varnish. Polish. Nail, polish? nail polish. Nail polish. What's the difference between a polish and a varnish?
0: I think a varnish is supposed to have a protective quality to it that maybe polish right. doesn't.
3: Yeah, it's like a tough...
0: Yeah, tough. I think if you use nail varnish, then you're going to be able to dig a grave with your hands, and, and <laughs> it'll still be fine. <laughs> oh,
3: doggy! But you're not supposed to sniff that stuff, though. That no. just gets you high, that doesn't it? That gets you high. Yeah. I forgot about that's that. That's just like meths.
0: That's like bubblegum
3: meth. That's yep. Nice. Give us a wave. Save that for later, kids. Gosh, yes, that's if like you're listening, paint thinner.
0: Don't sniff any of mum's
3: nail polish. What's she, the third product there? All dads,
0: um, because it's not cool for your health. And What's the third future. thing in there? Um, the third thing is body lotion. Uh, to give it its proper name, Les Poules Corps. Le poule Corps. Corpse milk.
3: <laughs> what so, do you do? You? She, she's very involved in she, sort of um, not, funeral pro- she's processes. She's Oh, my God. That's, That's grotesque. It's really not, Why would you want it's it's really to do that? She's
0: milked a corpse and
3: she's I'm put surprised. it into a little...
0: Lo- oh, see what you think. But I think that that really is grotesque that's like um, like strawberry yogurt it's like yogurt
3: Mm, strawberry yogurt
0: man thank you so much that's quite a gift that is quite the gift you've given me there
3: i'm just looking at her wikipedia entrance she's Uh been very busy her perfume radiance was reissued with a new fragrance entitled cosmic radiance worldwide spears sold over 1 million bottles in the first five years with gross receipts of 1.5 billion dollars what? As of July 2014, Spears has released 16 fragrances. On June 17th, 2016, Spears announced the release of her 20th fragrance, Private Show. Whoa. The fra- the very fragrance that you now hold in your hand and will be gifting to your wife. That's her 20th. On Christmas Day, it's her 20th release of a fragrance. It's the 20th time she's released a fragrance. She has secreted a fragrance. <laughs> She's Little scientists run around in her wake How does she
0: have time to milk all those corpses? And every
3: time she does a guffer They capture it in a jar <laughs> And rush off to the lab Oof, This one smells like Haribo Mixed with toilet dust What does she say when she does a guff?
0: <laughs> she says, quickly, put it in a jar and Come sell it Come on, mate, she says, oops, I did it again Oh,
3: I'm sorry
2: Vous écoutez à la podcast du Adam Obixton. C'est un podcast très brillant et intelligent Et vous êtes intelligent pour écouter Bravo à vous
0: Oh, mate. Cornballs has shown me a picture of himself with Patrick Stewart. That is not on. <laughs> How has that happened? How about that one? That's a fun one. Ah, I love it. Hi, Jinx. There yeah. he is. Director on set. Hey, speaking of director on set, now that you're working on your second blockbusting movie... Sure. ...and your position within the upper echelons of the film community is assured, is it now time for you to tell us the Tom Cruise doodle How about story? about that one? don't show
3: me that i asked you a question <laughs> I, i'll tell you a bit of the doodle story i'll oh. tell you a little bit every year how's that please tell us the whole i'm gonna tell story. you a little bit do you know what one of the biggest shows tv shows in the world is what stranger things yeah do you watch it sure how much does that story advance every hour <laughs> not very much incrementally like they'll do two hours on rotten pumpkins all right then. by the second hour something shifts in a bin okay So I'm going to tell you an incremental amount of the Doodle story every year, and it'll keep us in listeners for centuries. Here we go. I'm in a room, in an office, with Steven Spielberg, Peter Jackson, Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, Nick Frost, and me. What year is this? This is 2009? And you were working on Tintin. Tintin, yeah. And I'm fresh off the boat. Edgar's brought me in, basically just to uh, contribute to the script, to sort of pitch, to take over the script writing duties from Stephen Moffat and we're just talking about ideas to compress the script because the the draft's a bit long and so we have to figure out ways to sort of um, compress the story and I'm pitching some ideas of combining some characters and stuff what kind of room are you in? Uh, it's a little production office in um, I think it's called Giant Studios one of the motion capture studios on uh, by the beach in in Los Angeles. Angeles yeah in LA suddenly the door bursts open Tom Cruise comes in he goes hey guys And he looks around the room, and in this really quite brilliant way, I think he immediately identifies that I'm the one person in the room who who he's never met before. Brilliant. And I'm quite starstruck. He looks me straight in the eye. He offers his hand. He says, hey, I'm Tom. I know you're Tom. Very excited. I shake his hand. He sits down next to me. And then the sort of the, the business chat continues. They're talking about some other aspect of the production around me. But I'm doodling on a pad. And I'm doing a doodle of Snowy the dog. That's all I'm going to tell you. What? It's a cliffhanger. A Christmas cliffhanger. Come back this time next year for what about part the people two that die between of the now doodle and then? story. Well, maybe if someone writes me one of those emails, like, <laughs> can I see the new Star Wars film before it's released? Because I'm really, really ill. Then maybe, we'll think, but even then, probably not. Right, okay. Because it's that, it's that. Exciting! All right, listeners, that's all you get of the Doodle Story till Christmas 2018. Christmas
0: 2018. Tune in again for part two.
3: <laughs> Come on, of the Doodle Story. <laughs> Pretty paper. It's little pink and blue flowers. It feels like a
0: book, listeners, or some sort of pamphlet. Now, this is something I ah. I have all my dad's possessions still, mm. and that's something mm. I found with all his books.
3: This is excellent. This is uh, it's more than a pamphlet, but less than a book. But it's called the Spoken Word: A BBC Guide by Robert Birchfield, Chief Editor of the Oxford English. Dictionaries. So this presumably is an official BBC publication given to their broadcasters to tell them how to speak. Exactly. And how to say English correctly.
0: How to pronounce certain words, where to put the stress. Do you remember that my dad would always pronounce certain words in, in rather an odd way, and now I do mm-hmm. too. Like, for example, he would always say, instead of necessarily, he would say necessarily.
3: Yes, which, uh, is, pro- which is the correct pronunciation. And
0: that is one of the words in there, in this really? handbook, where they actually say... That you've got to run the... This is excellent.
3: Consonants it's together, almost. It's got a long introduction. Avoid the American is one of the key rules. Here we go. That's something my dad underlined. Really? Yeah, the underlinings are his. Not necessarily. So this
0: is the thing exactly that I mentioned. In the formal presentation of the news or of other scripted speech, avoid the American R or air. So you say necessarily not necessarily Uh. you say temporarily not temporarily 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 yeah this is how the BBC said that you were supposed to pronounce those words do you know
3: why do you know one of the reasons I think this kind of thing is fun when one gets a bit older is because uh, talking gets a bit boring yeah because you said the same (laughs) words over and over again so many times and it's fun to figure out new ways to say them
0: for, or, for words ending in aity, such as deity, homogeneity, spontaneity, use the sound in C. Deity, not the sound in say. So you say deity, homogeneity, spontaneity.
3: <laughs> spontaneity? <laughs> Apparently, It according just had to be Australian.
0: Spontaneity, mate. No. According to the BBC guide.
3: I'm having some Christmas chockey. Nice one. Do you want some? Yes, please. Thanks, man. Envelope. First syllable as in ten, not as in on. So not mm, envelope. Not envelope. envelope. I say that right. Yeah. Exquisite. Stress on the first syllable. What else would you say? Exqu- exquisite. No. You're supposed to say exquisite. I thought I said. Is it? Yeah. No, you
0: said exquisite.
3: Exquisite.
0: Exquisite is what you're supposed to say.
3: You're right. Fifth. Fifth, the second F fully pronounced. Oh, really? Fifth.
1: You've got to pronounce Not fifth.
3: that. Fifth, right? Homosexual, first syllable, as in Tom. That's right. I remember my dad used to say homosexual. Tomosexual. Yeah. That's the way to remember it. Exactly. For Tom York. Hospitable, stress on the first syllable. Hospitable. Is that right? Hospitable. Hospitable. Yeah,
0: like hospital.
3: <laughs> <laughs> take me to hosp- Take me to hospitable. Please, I'm overly polite. Hotel, the H to be pronounced. Because some ponces would say... Hotel. Hotel. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Exquisite.
1: Exquisite.
0: Exquisite.
3: Exquisite Exquisite. (laughs) Exquisite. (laughs) is how you're supposed to pronounce it. Exquisite. How do you think you pronounce... Fat
0: Miel. was (laughs) Exquisite.
3: That me that me that out. me
0: out was exquisite this
3: restaurant <laughs> is my best secretary secretary
0: secretary,
3: <laughs> secretary. now we're back to the <laughs> toilet trouble is secretary not sec sekitree no, or sekitree it's secretary not secretary Secretary. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all right on that one. Trait. The final T is silent. Really? Trait? <laughs> what? That's what it says here. The final T in Trait is silent. Well, what a book. This is going to really turn me into a complete prick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a complete pry.
1: Is that real melody? Have you seen my phone charger? What? What? I left it right there. What? Did you see it? What? Have you got it? What?
2: Where's my charger gone? Where's my phone charger? Oof. Oof. The battery's about to die.
1: It was on the table. Oof. 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 Round and round in their heads. The chord progressions, the empty lyrics, and the impoverished fragments of tune, and boom goes the brain box at the start of every bar, at the start of every bar, boom goes the brain box.
0: My eldest son, who is 15, Mm. the other day announced that he would actually like to take us up on the offer that we've been making for a while now for him to have a house party. Mm. Because we're very lucky. We've got lots of space out where we live. We've We've got a big barn. And I've often said to my son, like, you know, you could have some mates over if you wanted and just go nuts in the barn there, you know, within reason. Anyway, he says, yeah, actually, I would like to have a party. Okay, great. How many people are you going to invite? I don't know, like 30? About 80 turned up. Mm,
4: mm.
0: A mixture of 15-year-olds, but a few people from the years above as well. Mm. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And we had said beforehand, because obviously the whole booze policy was to be discussed. I mean, when we were 15, we were going to parties and we were drinking booze, Mm. right? Yes. Uh, And we were not always drinking sensibly or in moderation.
3: Where were we getting it
0: from? We were getting it from the offie. Just going in there and... Yeah.
3: And just buying it, were we?
0: Yeah, the tall... You were tall, so... Really? We would get the tall people to do it. You'd try a few different offies. Yeah, and someone would always sell you some at some point. And the weapon of choice, as I recall, was small bottles of spirits. Hmm because, um, like, a, a small bottle of vodka or gin or something like that. And you would end up just swigging from it like a mm-hmm. flask mm-hmm. in order to embrace oblivion. Ah. I mean, it's just awful, isn't it? It and is so And awful, awful, awfully fun. It was sort of fun, <laughs> but like, fast. but I started remembering all these things in the run-up to this party, and it just made my blood turn cold because all the things that you survived as a youth... You are now terrified that your children won't survive or, or, or some something bad will happen
3: mm. to them or someone else. And Better on home turf?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely.
3: So did you permit the booze?
0: Well, I said, we'll do it so that everyone or whoever wants can have a couple of cans of wheat lager. So we got some wheat lagers in, thinking that that would... Oh, yeah, that'll do the job. And my wife, my wife... Made about a hundred burgers and things like that because she thought, I oh, give them mm. some food mm. when they arrive? Line the so stomach, clear. yeah." Yeah. So we were thinking about all that, and we we, we talked to some other parents, and
3: and this asked, was the consensus, was it? Yeah, that was the, perceived as the sensible approach.
0: Yeah, you can't ban the booze altogether. It's not practical to do so, and you just have to hope that they will be relatively sensible, and mm. you provide mm. them with. And I I said zero tolerance policy on other booze and, of course, drugs. Um, No crack. Definitely. That was top of the list. Mm -hmm. Because I just don't like crack in the house. big with kids
3: these days. I don't
1: want it in the house.
0: We invited a couple of friends to stay with us that weekend. My friend Dan came Mm. to help us sort of go and patrol the uh, room every now and again, every... Half an hour or so, just to make sure things weren't getting out. You'd go into
3: the room and walk around. <laughs> yeah, us. it was terrifying. Have you ever done that? Uh, not as an adult, no. It was terrifying enough as a kid going to other kids' parties. Yeah, at that age, that's the thing, it isn't great. it? We oh. never had them though. We just we made you and I made a policy decision, just to have nice supper parties mm-hmm. or groups of about five of us. We decided pretty early that those things were just a living hell. Yeah. And that generally no fun was had.
0: No, exactly.
3: It was just a horrible sort of um, bestial, caveman-y kind of... Um...
0: Yeah. You go in there and it's all dark and things are getting broken and people are falling about. And um, people are acting weird because everyone's nervous and they get hammered and the music's too loud and it's no good.
3: Everyone's terribly self-conscious at that age, right? Yeah. You can't. You, could, you couldn't, like... And you're in front of all your peers. It's the worst possible thing. You could do, isn't it? Piers Morgan. Piers
0: (laughs) Morgan's there. He's there being all judgmental and twatish. Seriously, though, do you remember going to any of those that were fun? Uh,
3: No, no, no. Well, ones that ones like posh ones with like friends. But it's like when we were older. When we were older, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But not in not teenage parties. I mean like um, like where you had to dress up.
0: Yeah, like twenty first birthdays yeah, and things like that. and like but when the,
3: they were all, everyone was pretending to be grown up. Yeah, but that's yeah. when they started to become fun. When that you start thinking, fun. "Oh, I'm going to be grown up." When you're fifteen and you want to be like um, Liam Gallagher, or yeah, whoever it is now. You're Skrillex. fifteen and you just
0: want to did you say Skrillex.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's who the kids are into these days. Diplo, I want to be like Diplo. What happened? What was that? Well, what I,
0: I'm pleased to say that nothing serious happened. There were a couple. Well, it of- was Frank. You must have
3: had a special little eye out for Frank.
0: Uh, definitely, yeah. But he was great, actually. He handled it really well. Because if it was me, I think I would have found it very, very stressful. What sort of music was being played? Well, he uh, is really into his drum and bass and and great. like minimal just house like music.
3: Just like his dad.
0: <laughs> I do like a bit of drum and bass, but mainly just in jingles. Anyway, so he'd made several playlists and uh, they went down really well. I was quite proud of him. But then people you Know get start control the of their stereo. Own stuff, start putting on their own stuff, and there was a lot of trap being sure. played. a lot of Little Pump, Yachty, Pump, all mm. the Lils, all the Lils.
3: Have you heard Little Pump?
0: Yeah, Do you like Little Pump? They're all like they're all kind of pump. like
3: eh. he just has four words per song, and the yeah. songs are like one minute 23. It's becoming like a sort of thing you'd have in a Paul Verhoeven film in 1987. Uh-huh. Like somebody's extrapolation of ridiculous culture in 30 years time And now it is 30 years time And and it is that Yeah (laughs) My brother had a house party And I went up to my bedroom and I wrote on my desk in pen I will never have a party Why was was it so bad? Just because it was horrible It was like being burgled Yeah But then I went downstairs and started telling jokes and everyone laughed Ooh uh, How was your brother with that? He was fine And then a girl, a much older girl Took me for a drive, pissed in her car. Mm. Oh, hot mama! That sounds bad. No, it was it was uh, exciting, transgressive, but transgressive, but exciting. Terrifying. I mean, smashed. She was smashed. Oh, I was that's smashed. Terrifying. We just drove around the block. Oh my lord! Awful. It... And they pulled the sink out of the wall.
0: Oh what?
3: Yeah, and spilled wine on the wall. Yeah. My parents went away.
0: How were your parents when they got back? A little bit pissed. Yeah, man.
3: But. I think it was a small price to pay for their son to have a little bit of cred. Yeah. And to become part of the party circuit. Right, that's the thing, isn't it? Because once you've uh, once you put a notch on the party post, you're in the scene, aren't you? Yeah. Anyway, so well, that, well done, Frank. He, he got yeah, through he it. He did well. He got through he it. He did well. And that, was anything
0: broken? I mean, we got away so lightly. There was no... It was a nice crowd, actually. That was a great crowd of kids. They <laughs> we were a great crowd. They we were having a lot of fun. Mm, mm. Oh, there's a bit of wildness, there's a bit of uh, tomfoolery going on, sure, sure. But hey, they kids.
3: Was there snogging? Was there Angus Mate, thongs and perfect snogging going on? There was total snogging. Was there, was there? There
0: was nothing, because we patrolled often enough that it never got too... Uh, too snogalicious. Too
3: X level, but... Too um, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there Was all was the there stuff. like
3: the sort of snogging where you just um, don't go any further than snogging, but you just sort of... Eat someone's face yeah, until your exactly. face is raw.
0: They're just sort of staggering around, and melding And you come home and your face
3: clicks. is like pink and, yeah. and all... Chapped. chapped. <laughs> <laughs> Revoltingly chapped.
0: They, for some reason, someone went and found... Because um, it's where I work, the barn, right? Mm-hmm. It's got lot, it's they like found my, your studio. And naively, I just thought, if I pin up some signs saying, please do not enter certain bits, I'd be fine. Uh, I went in at one point and found the signs ripped down and someone... Sort of barricading some girls in there and trying to seal the door with gaffer tape.
3: Yes, to try and lock them in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So I stopped that, and then (laughs) later on, I just said, "Hey, hey guys, no, no gaffer taping the door."
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, in my studio, what you gonna do? I just say no to gaffer taping girls inside my crib. It just ain't cool. That's how it is, <laughs> oh, uh, Mr. Buxton. Yeah. Well, when you put it like that. <laughs> is that what you said?
0: Yeah, Mr. Buxton. I myself. I, I thought maybe you might be a little bit uncool. I and never square. knew you, But, <laughs> but since know. you started, <laughs> you could spit rhymes. I'm
3: glad that you good. did. in Well, deeds, Mr. Buxton. Well, deeds. I ain't gonna shank you now.
1: And spend in your shop. These are the kinds of comments people will say about your website if you build it with Squarespace. Just visit squarespace.com buxton for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, because you will want to launch, use the offer code BUXTON to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So put the smile of success on your face with Squarespace. Yes. Continue. Ah, yes!
0: Hey, welcome back, listeners. You may have noticed a different voice saying continue this week. Normally, it would be guitarist Robert Fripp saying continue. Although maybe don't tell him, because he might not appreciate it and sue us for royalties or something. I don't know. Anyway, this week saying continue is Dr. Angie Barrett. And that is a little Christmas present for you, Angie, from your husband, your husband, Steve. And Steve pretended to be recording you saying, continue for something else. But actually, it was for this. Steve said that he would make a £50 donation to a charity that's important to me, the Multiple Sclerosis Society UK. So thanks very much, Steve, and happy Christmas, Angie. And thanks once again to everybody who sent in messages for this podcast, the Christmassy one. And just kind messages in general, which I'm very pleased to receive via my blog, which I hope is finally going to get a bit of a revamp next year. I know a lot of you are very worried, like, what's what's Adam
1: Buxton doing about his blog? When are we going to get some news about his blog?
0: Well, there you go. It might get a revamp next year. It's exciting, isn't it? And, of course, there's always my SoundCloud page as well, which is a good place to... Leave messages for me if you wish. I appreciate them all very much. A couple of quick shout-outs that I didn't get round to with Joe or that came in too late for us to mention. Hi to Champ, with much love from Kate Cheese Murray in Australia. Lots of love to you, mate. Hi as well to Faye and her three-year-old, who the other day asked, Mummy, where are the effing scissors? Nice work there, Faye. I don't normally do shout-outs on the podcast, but hey, it's Christmas. And I also wanted to say thanks to Rupert, who sent me this message a couple of days back via my blog. Oh, it's quite cold now. Looking forward to getting back in next to the fire. Anyway, this is Rupert's message that made me chuckle. Dear Adam, you should soon be cast as a German father figure in some sort of epic Spielberg slash Hank... He's missed the S off there... Amazon Prime program slash film. I was in a coffee shop in the very cool Soho of London, tip tapping on my laptop. The table next to me was soon filled by loud film folk, two from London and one from LA. They were going through lists of actors and how each one would be perfect for the role they were casting. They were talking about whether Steven and Tom would like them, so naturally Spielberg and Hank. He's missed off the S again. I'm not sure if he actually thinks it's Tom Hank. Or maybe he just thinks of him as Hank. So naturally, Spielberg and Hank leapt to mind. These are clearly the only two that could be a fit here. Alright, I'm going to go along with that. They reeled off a whole bunch of stars, mentioning they needed a James Van Der Beek or Chris Pratt-like person but not-so-famous, mid-forties, able to do a German accent and available to meet with Tom and Steven. Hank and Spielberg. Naturally, my mind wanted to solve this problem too, despite having no affiliation with the industry other than I have eyes and have seen films. Obviously, my thoughts were middle-aged, can look like a German, does accents, this is perfect for buckles. I waited for my moment, and made my suggestion. I leant over to the casting lady and said, have you considered Adam Buxton? He has a German look to him and could do a great accent, also the right sort of age. The casting lady raised her eyebrows and said, hmm, yes, I'll put him on the list. It was in a jolly fashion, which I took to mean you would be put at the top of the list, not somewhere down the bottom. You see, if she said that in a jolly fashion, that's not what I would think. Anyway, Rupert continues. We made our pleasantries and we're off on our way. So it's a done deal. And I'm assuming you'll get your new showbiz contract in the post soon. Congratulations on your new part. And you are, of course, most welcome. Kind regards, your new agent, Rupert. (laughs) Thanks, Rupert. Wow, that's very exciting. I've always wanted to work with Spielberg. And of course, Hank. Well, that's pretty much it for 2017, listeners. The podcast returns for regular weekly episodes in, uh, well, I'm not exactly sure, but it'll be late March or early April of 2018. But before then, look out for a one-off ramble with one of the most talented people in the film industry at the moment, actor, writer and director Greta Gerwig, whose film Lady Bird, starring the magnificent Saoirse Ronan, is brilliantly funny and moving. I saw it the other day. It's coming out in the UK in February. I was very lucky to be able to sit down with Greta Gerwig, so the fruits of that conversation should appear around about the time that Ladybird gets its UK release in February. A few thank yous for all the people that keep the podcast ship afloat. Seamus Murphy-Mitchell, perhaps most importantly, and Matt Lamont helped me produce and edit this podcast, respectively. I couldn't do it without them, and I really appreciate their work and enthusiasm. Thanks to Acast for hosting this podcast and many other good ones. Check out the stuff they've got. They've got loads now. So, anyway, the, the folks at Acast have looked after me very well, and continue to do so, and I really appreciate it. Thanks to Kevin and Toby at Really Quite Something, who approached me earlier this year and said, uh, Have you thought about doing an app? And they set one up, and it's great. And there are going to be lots more fun bits and pieces on there exclusively next year, so check it out. Thanks to Helen Green and Luke Drozd for providing such lovely artwork for the podcast. The illustration of my big silly face grinning away is Helen Green. And Luke Drozd has designed some lovely artwork that has turned up as posters. So is Helen Green as well. They've both done some great bits and pieces for the uh, podcast t-shirts and mugs and the posters. Thanks to BSI for selling all that stuff as well. Their website is where you can find the Adam Buxton podcast merch. Thanks most of all to you, though for continuing to listen to the podcast and to be sufficiently open-minded to explore the different kinds of episodes and listen to some of the episodes with people you haven't heard of necessarily and end up making fun discoveries that way. And thanks for not bombarding me with messages that say, uh, oh, do more of the funny ones. They're, they're way better than the other ones. Or you should do more serious ones. They're more important than the funny ones. Or do more with cats. I don't like dogs. There's too many dogs mentioned in the pod... Anyway, you get the idea. I appreciate your indulgence and encouragement for doing this podcast, which is great fun, and I look forward to doing more in the coming months, and indeed years. Speaking of which, I hope you have a very happy and peaceful 2018. Until then, take extremely good care, Rosie and I love you, bye!